Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hy-Vee and Toyson Ford. I'm Dan Casper. As always, appreciate you checking out uh, the podcast here. Coming up on this episode, if you are a regular listener, you, you've heard him here multiple times. Joe Grabowski, former Wisconsin Badger offensive lineman, uh, business owner, Cabin Coffee, uh, hops on again. And we're talking, obviously, we're talking some football and talking about his experience and such, but uh, kind of developed into a really interesting conversation about uh, offensive linemen. And, you know, because in the NFL world, the tush-push, you know, with the, with the Eagles talking about, that's for, that's a big topic out there. Some people want it gone, banned, that play banned. Uh, you know, others are, are good with it. And I, I wanted to get Joe's thoughts on it, but also the mindset to for, for an offensive lineman to line up on a short yardage situation like that for a play like that where it's just power versus power strength versus strength so uh we're gonna talk to joe about that and some other football goings on uh, with him he's always a fantastic conversation always a good time to talk with joe and get some insights uh back from his playing days and 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 such but first things first first things first we got a couple things to hit up here Bucks making a huge move, and then we got, uh, while well, we're recording this on Thursday, so Packers-Lions week four kicks off tonight. Predictions, keys to victory, key matchups, all that good stuff. I want to lead it off, though, with that Bucks chat. Damian Lillard, he's coming over to Milwaukee. Three-team deal, Bucks, Blazers, Suns. Bucks sending Drew Holiday and some picks, or a first-round pick and some swapping some picks in the first round. Uh, for a couple of years to the Blazers, Grayson Allen is going to the Suns here. Um, wow. Wow, wow, wow was the first word, first thought that came through my mind. I'll tell you, to, to be honest, when it first dropped, when I first saw it on, I think it was on Facebook, I'm like, all right, I, I'm going to go check out Twitter or the X or whatever we're, we're calling it. And I saw it, and I think it was probably Adrian Rojanowski's tweet. I'm like, okay, i got to double check to make sure this isn't a fake twitter account you know what i mean so and it checked out and i'm just like holy shit this this is this really happening is this really happening and then it kind of you know you're like how who did they give up and all that and because at first it wasn't you know you didn't hear the players right away and i'm like is it middle no, i can't be middle it probably gotta be drew holiday right and it's just weird timing since jim ozarski who we've talked to many times milwaukee journal sentinel covers the box had just written an article about uh, 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 Drew Holiday and Drew Holiday said he wanted to finish his career uh, in Milwaukee, and lo and behold, it was was Drew Holiday on there too. So, um, I'll tell you, I, I'm I'm a big, big Drew Holiday fan. I think for the most part of his career, and I've said this on my radio show many times, I think he gets so overlooked, so underappreciated for what he does. He reminds me of an old school point guard. 90s, early 2000s point guard, defense, distributor, can score the rock too. But I felt like he really got underappreciated and overlooked throughout the majority part of his career. Only made the, the All-Star game a couple times, made it last year with the Bucks. Pivotal player, key figure in that Bucks championship season. That steal against Booker. To to pretty much solidify it. Then, you know, I love the the slow motion and then the alley oop to you know, to, to Giannis and such. I mean, he's got some 
I mean, his plays, especially in, in a couple of those in his finals, are going to be memorialized, memorialized in Wisconsin sports history. It's going to be there. He is was such a huge factor, key player into that championship. So it's and he goes about playing the right way. I love his defensive mindset. I love how he plays the game of basketball. My son, that's one of his favorite players. He was so bombed. He was tearing up a little bit when I told him that Drew Holiday was traded. And it sucks that it had to be Drew Holiday. But Damian Lillard is one of my favorite players in the entire NBA. He's one of my favorite players in the entire NBA. To pair him with Giannis, this gives the Bucks a straight-up superstar duo. Yes, it's, Giannis is at Middleton, all-star. Drew Holiday, all-star. Brooke Lopez been there. But a true superstar duo. It's not Batman and Robin. It's Batman and Batman. It's Batman and Superman right now with those two. First time Giannis has had this. There's no doubt in my mind that with Giannis's podcast appearance, 48 Minutes podcast, his New York Times article about, you know, as long as the Bucks continue, you know, they got to show that they're still going to be always about championships, 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 and putting the work in and, you know, putting the work in as much as I do. You know, they got to prove that. There's no doubt in my mind the Bucks heard those comments loud and clear. And they made this move. If he doesn't make those comments, I don't know if they make this move. I don't know if they make this move. But since he put that out there, not just once, but he did it a couple times, I I, I don't know if they make this move. And then when you look at it from the from the money standpoint of, of everything, then it's like, well, Bucks actually kind of saved some of the money over there too. So, and then future-wise, you know, Drew is probably going to get a new contract. It might have cost a little bit more just because that's how things work in sports with new contracts. So, all in all, this move, I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I'm still kind of like, did that really happen? I, I, I'm thinking I'm surprised that it actually happened. Like, they did this. And we're here in, in, in Wisconsin. The Bucks did something that Brewers fans and Packers fans have been wanting to see from their teams the last few years, making big-time moves to surround their best player with talent. You heard it how many years with Aaron Rodgers. Make a trade, make a signing, get another big-time wide receiver, defensive player. Brewers, especially this year, last year too, great pitching staff. Take advantage of it. They're coming by the cheap. Let's go be aggressive and get some hitters. That's been a frustration for some fans. Brewers are going to the postseason. They won the division. Packers have been making the postseason. We'll see how they do this year. But for some fans out there, have they done enough just to take that next step? The Bucks are doing exactly what Packers and Brewers fans have wanted to see from their teams. And, and the thing is, John Horst, the general manager for, for the Bucks, has been doing this. You know, ever since he, he got that job. Eric Bledsoe signs a new new deal with the Bucks. Then all of a sudden, it's not, not starting to work. What does he do? Trades him. They get Drew Holiday. 
He's been aggressive in trying to surround Giannis with talent, keeping talent around Giannis. Giannis puts it out there. Giannis in the past has said he'd love to play with Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard says the same thing. What happens? Oh, boom, we'll get you Damian Lillard. Finally, I shouldn't say finally because they've been really good the last few years, but for the first time in Giannis's career, he's got another superstar next to him. A superstar duo. I cannot wait. This is going to be a fantastic Buck season. A lot of fun. And you look at the lineup. I don't know who's going to be a starting two guard. Pat Connaughton, you know, possibly, probably might might be that guy. Maybe they. I, I still think if you can find a backup veteran point guard to to come off the bench there. But you got Bobby Portis. You got Jay Crowder. You know, coming off the bench there too. Pick and roll. This pick-and-roll game is going to be fantastic. The the thing that a lot of people aren't talking about, and I put it on my Twitter account shortly after, remember the Bucks hired Terry Stotts as pretty much their main assistant head coach. He's going to be like the main guy for offense because Adrian Griffin is the new head coach, and his forte is defense. Terry Stotts was Damian's coach for the first eight, eight years, nine years in, in the league. And when the Blazers were like a playoff team, that was Terry Stotts, and that was Damian over there. So you already got the instant connection there. Familiarity right there. I can't wait to see this all play out. Fantastic move by the Bucks. Puts the pressure on a first-year head coach and Adrian Griffin. No doubt about it. There's no excuses. Outside of maybe some detrimental injuries or, or something like that, there's no excuses. Championship window now. you got to get, if I'm setting the line at one and a half in the next few years, got to be two. Got to be two. Anything less, I think, would be a little bit of a disappointment. With Giannis and Damian and Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Portis, Crowder, I think anything less in the next few years of two championships is a disappointment. I'm being a little hard. And I'm, when I say disappointment, I think that's probably a disappointment more from, from the Bucks side of things. Like, I don't want to sound greedy, ungrateful, because they're going to be good teams. But I think they, in their mind, they've got it. Okay, if we had a four or five-year plan, we envision us winning two championships. And I think if they get lower than that, at, at minimum two championships, if they get lower than that, then I think the Bucks are disappointed in that. And I think some fans will be too. So, <sighs> I can't wait, though. It's going to be a fun season. We're in football season yet, too. And baseball postseason coming up here too. But with tonight's game, Packers, Lions, Packers coming off that highly emotional win against the Saints where they put up 18 in the fourth to win 18 to 17. Lions beating the the Falcons the week prior. This game's in Lambeau. Packers sound like they're going to get Aaron Jones and Christian Watson back. You know, I look at this game. Um, Detroit's got a good offensive line. Taylor Decker sounds like he's going to play. <sighs> The key, and I think this might be the case for every week when it comes to the Packers, trenches. Who's going to win in the trenches? Both offensively and defensively. Offensive line play. Packers are banged up. Dave Bakhtiari, no. Elton Jenkins, no. Zach Tom, questionable. Zach Tom, I would really like it if he plays this game because then you're down three starters from week one. And the offensive line for the Packers has played extremely well in pass protection this year so far. But when you got Aiden Hutchinson and, and such, and that and that front for for uh, Detroit, 
I want as many of my or, or I want as many as those starters on that offensive line as possible in this game. Can we please? Can we please have Zach Tom available for this game? I'd feel a little bit better because we have to continue to protect Jordan Love. The Packers. Here I go saying we. One of my uh, pet peeves there. Um, but you have to protect Jordan Love. Continue to protect him in that pocket. I've been saying it multiple times. I've been saying it every week. But I think a big part of why Love is having some success so far this season is because the offensive line is giving him that protection back there. He's got confidence. He's got the confidence knowing his line is going to be able to protect him. He's not seeing ghosts. He's not uh, having you know antsy feet back there. Offensive line, whoever's lined up, whoever the starting five's lined up, have to have a good game. Not only for the pass blocking, but let's start opening up some more holes in the running game too. Aaron Jones sounds like he's going to play, kind of a pitch count. Help out the quarterback. Help out the running game. Let's let's get a little bit better, creating some holes, creating some lanes for this running game. Wear down this this Detroit defense. You get that running game going, and you get AJ Dillon going, and then you get you're mixing in Aaron Jones there, the perfect change of pace duo. Wear down this defense. Win the time of possession. And on the flip side, the Packers front, and and for this case, I'm I'm also including the the edge rusher, edge rushers, Preston, uh, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, defensive line Kenny Clark, Devontae White, et cetera, et cetera. Detroit's got a good offensive line. Rashawn Gary has been a beast. The Packers have had some success getting pressure on the on the quarterbacks. It's going to be tougher. It's going to be tougher going up against Detroit. But I feel like, and we don't know about Jair at the time of this recording, but if Jair doesn't play, there's a huge loss because of St. Brown. Now the Packers, I thought, did, did a fairly good job on Chris Olave and Michael Thomas the week prior without Jair. But St. Brown, St. Brown's good. And that connection he has with Jared Goff is off the charts. Would love Jair in this game. But if you don't, that puts more pressure on that secondary. That puts more pressure on the corners. You have got to be able to generate pressure and get after Jared Goff then. Don't let him sit back there and allow him to wait for St. Brown to get open or Laporta, the rookie tight end. Don't allow his guys to get open. Jared Goff is perfectly fine, you know, throwing it off five yards, six six yards, mid mid range, and then the occasional deep ball there. He can do it. He did it last week with Laporta. Scott St. Brown, he can do that. He ain't afraid to throw a deep ball. But you've got to put pressure on Jared Goff. I think if the Packers can put some consistent pressure on Jared Goff and make him a little bit nervous back there, you could have some success. Get them confused. Get them confused on defense. Get them frustrated. Because if he's comfortable and he's got time and he can get the ball out, he's a very effective quarterback. He's a good quarterback. But if you can get after him and put some pressure on him and make him feel a little bit uncomfortable, that changes things a little bit. But the thing is, it's going to be hard with that Detroit offensive line. So how can Joe Barry and the Packers generate pressure? 
without having to bring extra blitzers from the secondary. Because if you don't have Jair in this game, you're probably not going to want to bring a cornerback blitz, a safety blitz. You're going to probably be a lot of nickel situations, having an extra defensive back out there. You have got to generate pressure with your front. You can't be bringing a whole lot of extra pressure from the outside or having that because then you're putting some young, inexperienced corners, maybe not as good of a talented corner, up against St. Brown, and Goff and them and Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, I think can pick that apart. But I think what the Lions are going to try to do too, they watched film on that Atlanta game. What did Atlanta do to, to Green Bay with B. John Robinson and such? Outside zone running. Joe Barry acknowledged teams are going to do that against them until Green Bay proves they can stop it. With Gibbs and Montgomery, mostly with Gibbs here, I think you're going to see Detroit try that. So setting the edge and making your tackles is going to be extremely important for this Packers defense. Don't let the Lions have success running the football, especially on the outside. That does put a little bit more pressure on on Rashawn Gary. And that's going to be a way that the Lions want to neutralize Rashawn Gary and take Rashawn Gary out of the game. Let him bite inside, run around him. You don't want him wreaking havoc as a pass rusher. Have success running the football. Lions can get the ball out quick. Can those corners get up there? Play tight coverage. But they really got to rely on that front to have a lot of pressure. Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, big games in store for them. One of the matchups, too, that that I think is going to be a lot of fun is Jaden Reed, Brian Branch. Those two rookies going at it, slot corner, safety, going up to a slot receiver, Jaden Reed. That's going to be a lot of fun. The Lions, though, this year have struggled to slow down tight ends. Can this be a game for Luke Musgrave? Luke Musgrave, I feel like I feel like his stats would be really good right now if Jordan Love would have been able to hit him a couple times. Accuracy. He would have had a long touchdown catch last week against the Saints. He probably His stat lines probably look a lot better if Jordan Love would have been able to hit him. If those are there, if Luke Musgrave is able to get open, middle of the field, down the seam, Jordan has to hit them. You have to hit your big plays. Last week, Green Bay kicked themselves in the butt way too many times. Penalties, missed opportunities. Don't do that against Detroit. You can't clean up the penalties, especially on the offensive line. You're killing yourselves doing this. And if there's a big play, there's an open receiver down the field, Love has to hit it, especially if it's Musgrave. I think there's going to be opportunities for some big plays for Luke Musgrave in this game. Watson's going to be back. I don't know how effective he's going to be. Maybe more of a decoy with with uh, the threat of a deep threat out there, but it sounds like he's going to be on a pitch count. Same with Aaron Jones. He's a guy that you can get involved when Aaron Jones is in the game, you got to try to make him, I think, get him the ball so he's allowed to make some plays. Utilize him. I'm struggling with this prediction. If Taylor Decker wasn't playing and that offensive line was, was a little bit banged up for lines, I'd feel better about Green Bay. My head says Detroit. My heart says Green Bay. This is... This is a tight game. I think it's going to be decided by turnovers. I think it's going to be decided by time of possession, which defense 
can get off the field, which defense can force more three and outs, stall drives, force more punts. It's going to be who plays fundamentally better football. <sighs> Screw it. I'll go with the heart because the heart always goes over the over the mind, right? Green Bay, 27. Lions, 24. I'll go with that route. I'm not confident, though. I'm not confident. What do I got to lose, though, right? All right, on that note, let's take a quick break, and uh, let's chat some more football with Joe Grabowski, former Wisconsin Badger offensive lineman, after these quick words. Get ready to rev up your driving experience at Toys and Ford, your ultimate destination for top-notch vehicles and exceptional service. Whether you're in the market for a sleek new car, a rugged truck, or a versatile SUV, Toys and Ford has the ride that suits your style and needs. Toys and Ford's commitment to quality and customer satisfaction is unmatched. Experience the thrill of driving a Ford, backed by their dedicated team's expertise. Don't miss out on the best in automotive excellence. Visit Toys and Ford today or explore the their inventory at toysandford.com. Hey there, smart shoppers. Get ready to experience the ultimate grocery adventure at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. From fresh produce to gourmet delights, Hy-Vee is your go-to destination for quality and variety. Explore their aisles brimming with everything you need. Whether it's a family feast or a quick snack, they've got you covered. Every aisle is an adventure in good taste. And if you need a cold beverage afterwards, stop by the bar at Wahlburgers to quench that thirst. Shop smart, shop happy, shop Hy-Vee. Elevate your shopping game at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire today. All right, catching up with our good buddy, Mr. Joe Grabowski from Cabin Coffee. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are yeah, you? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Um, got uh, October coming up here mm-hmm. uh, a little bit, but uh, for but got bye week for for the Badgers yeah. too. What was it, but like for you for bye week? Was we never it... seemed to hit it right. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> the beginning of the season. Yeah, you know, and you kind of want it either in the middle or towards the end because your body gets broken down so much. Mm-hmm. You know, and the little ailments don't go away because you'd never have a chance to heal. So right. you have turf toe or broken fingers or uh, strains or sprains. Like that week is a blessing when it comes like in the middle of the season when it's starting to get longer towards the end. Right. So yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you, like, are you kind of like what everybody kind of. Yeah, it just assumes you'd rather have it middle of the season, yeah. you know, sort of halfway mark. Yes, essentially. I, I think everybody does. Like mm-hmm. I said, your body gets broken down. Um, been working out now. You have summer conditioning, and that takes you into two days of fall football camp, mm-hmm. and it starts to get a grind. I mean, it's really hard on your body. Right, so things don't heal. Mm-hmm. Whether you have turf burn or. Whatever you want to call it, right? When you lose your height on on, on the field, <laughs> rug guess, burn, whatever. rug burn, yeah. however you want to call it. Um, but those don't heal for the season. Um, yeah. I remember I broke my hand in like the second game, and I don't remember the year. Um, yeah, sorry, my my memory is not that good. But I broke my hand, and uh, I knew it was broken. But I was not going to let that stop me from mm-hmm. playing the rest of the year. So, do you have like a club on or anything? Nothing. Nothing. Just every time Ooh. I use my hands, I just felt it in my soul. Oh. And as offensive linemen, that's all that. you, you know. But again, mm-hmm. I go back to the, you can't make the club in the tub. Yeah. You know. And uh, um, after we were finally done with the season, I walked into the training room and uh, talked to the head trainer, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's broken." He's like, "Like, how do you know?" I said, "Well, I told him why, and when did this happen?" Game number two. 
you know, yeah. um, because you just don't want to lose your position or lose your spot. Right. So then put a cast on it and ended up being fine, yeah. you know, during the off season. But yeah, you just don't, that's just the way it is. Man alive. So, uh, Badgers did get the win, yep. obviously a little bit of a downer too with Chez, uh, being done for the year. Sounds like with that uh, broken fibula mm-hmm. uh, over there too. They do have Braylon Allen yeah. uh, still over there. I'm kind of curious. Do they? I don't know how much the offense will change. You know, with the whole you know the the spreading out and run and shoot that they everybody right. expected. Do they go back more to the uh, bell cow uh, approach w- w- with Braylon Allen? I'm yeah. not quite sure. I mean, you have to at least again. It's a multifaceted offense. You have to have the ability to throw and run the ball. That's literally it. And mm-hmm. if they shut down one, and you're relying on 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 the other, like. And Braylon Allen is not a sl- isn't a slouch. I mean, he's a great, mm-hmm. he's a heck of an athlete. He's proven himself. Now we'll just feed the ball to him more. Right, exactly. I want to get your th- uh, thoughts. If yeah, you think about like how, even Ron Dane when I played, like right, we fed the guy you know thirty, forty, fifty times a game. Right, you know um that's and teams knew it too. That's a th- yeah. you know, and they couldn't stop it. And the mentality of our uh, of our offensive line coach was. He would rather stand behind the line of scrimmage and say, "We're running the ball here, and it's going to be on two. Just see if you can stop it." Like, and, and but but that was the mindset we had to have. And that's got to fire you up though, oh, too, God, if yeah. that's your, your coach. Unbelievable. That. Yeah, yeah, just uh, yeah, having that kind of confidence and uh, just yeah, having that kind of fire. Mm-hmm. Absolutely awesome. Uh, I wanted to kind of get you your thoughts too. I know we might have talked talked about it a while ago. Just touched on it. But obviously, like with with the college football world too, Dion, mm-hmm. all the the hype yeah. and even trash talking going on from, from coaches <laughs> and and all that sort of stuff. I mean, so I'm gonna try to ask you to picture you guys getting prepared to play Colorado and Dion mm-hmm. and doing all the chat. Would that have been something like that motivated you personally or you guys with all the chit chat? Would you've gotten into a a war of words with with a guy like Dion, or was it just you know what we're in there to do? take care of business mm-hmm. and win a football game yeah uh and how much would barry have been an influence on that too uh there would have been no difference from anything we mm-hmm. would not have been a distraction because it's just another ploy to distract you from what you're trying to get done mm-hmm. and the last thing you want to do is give somebody a locker room poster material get them more fired up right um, was never an issue it, just, it didn't matter who we were playing uh, the coaches did a great job and just, I mean, this is the objective. This is the game plan. No matter what happens, this is what we're doing. We'll adjust on the fly if we have to. Do not get into a uh, uh, a verbal disagreement with anybody. Don't. And th- luckily, we didn't have social media back then, so we didn't right. have to worry about that. Um, but, yeah, it was all business, and it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, you can almost like to be the guy. You know, our mentality was, like, don't be the talker. Just be the doer and just mm-hmm. show up mm-hmm. because anybody can talk. And then you look really stupid when you have to eat crow. Right. If you get, you know, get it handed to you. And, like, that stuff lives on in in videos and everything else. And yep. you just never wanted to be the butt of a joke or be at ESPN doing something stupid. Right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> you know, was there – can you ever think of a time where – did, did coach ever use something that another team or coach said as, as bulletin board material? Was there any? Oh, you, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, you put stuff up in the locker room. We did the same thing. Mm-hmm. You, you let a coach says something a little bit off color, a little bit uh, kind of a dig on you. Mm-hmm. Oh heck yeah. yeah! It was uh, 
it fueled the fire and that's the one thing like don't give anybody else any more any more fuel for mm-hmm. them i mean college football's hard enough i mean like i told you every any given saturday you can get your butt handed to you right um so yeah i n- nothing was ever you're very very well right rehearsed on <laughs> on, on those things any <laughs> i love how you kind of politely you know <laughs> phrase that too yep. was there like can you remember a time like even pregame on the field jawing back and forth or was it just you guys were so focused out there you know it, you know it's so funny um people ask that all the time like you know i was just worried about breathing yeah and trying to make it to the next play you know like um, but you play guys that uh, across from you that just ran their mouth all the time. Um, some of them were, fu- were were very clever, very yeah. funny, and I was just trying. No matter what you say, when you're in that state of like just trying to catch your breath and hold it together, I, I wasn't. You just had a. <laughs> I was never that quick. I was never that quick witted mm-hmm. on the field because I just wanted to breathe. Yeah. That's... So I was trying to do, just trying to breathe and not pass out. Right. <laughs> and then, and then re- remember what the snap count on, remember what the plays are, remember what your calls are, remember responsibilities. So, I mean, I, there, there's so much that goes on even before, you know, when you break the huddle, there's such mm-hmm. a mental mind thing that you're looking at the defense, plus they're adjusting on the fly, or they don't even line up, and you know, so you can't make your calls. So there's just a, a yeah. tremendous amount of responsibility you know, it's not just, you know, the big guys up front just going up there and, you know, just banging heads. It's I know it looks that way, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on. That, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, breathing was important. I tried to do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned a play call. And that was actually – I'm glad you kind of brought that up. I'm curious to know, when a call came in, was it sometimes like when we hear these like Z90X counter bob, you know, like it's like – 50 words it yeah. seems like and then mm-hmm. you hear like i know like this past week they were talking about like sean payton and russell wilson and like well he's gonna make the calls shorter mm-hmm. you know verbiage shorter right. to, to come in when i hear a quarterback like saying that when they're mic'd up in the huddle how the hell can you understand what what's going on there uh, it's like a different language yeah and, and that's what was so hard you know I, I think the idea of the dumb football player that you know the, the stereotype well you're just a dumb athlete like you had to learn a different language. Yeah. Um, and then there's times when they're calling two plays at the, in the huddle. Right. And then based on the read what the quarterback sees, he's audible at the line. Um, at that point in time, you have seconds to make your adjustments, make your calls, and communicate in the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, it's a different language. And uh, when you make a mental error at that level, mm-hmm. everybody knows it. Yeah. That's when you get the highlight reel on ESPN, and it's usually not in your favor. You mm-hmm. know, it's where your quarterback's just getting chewed up, or your running back gets smashed behind the line of scrimmage because you had a mental error on the call. Like, right. yeah, it's, it's, I said, the pressure of playing Division One football, and, and, and not just Division One, college football in general. Because I just don't want to be like, oh, I played Division One. Like college football in general right. is, it, it's past high school. There are so many brilliant defensive minds out there that can do things with stunts and different formations. And, and the hard part was, too, is even the adjusting on the fly. Let's say you get out there and you're running the, the, uh, some sort of a defense, and you're like, I don't, we, didn't, we didn't practice this one. Right. Okay. Well, you get your, your four downs and out, and you're on the sideline, and now you're with the grease board on the fly. Okay, if, if he's here, you need to adjust to this. and I mean, so that's where the coaching comes into play. Right. right? It's, I, I think that's such an overlooked aspect of that, 
you know, because when as you're talking, I'm thinking of other sports. You know, basketball. Okay, you can, it's a little bit of a slower pace. Mm-hmm. You know, set everything up. Baseball, we know about that. But like, yeah, you're the the adjustments on the fly and, and football. Yep. I think is such a a a overlooked thing from from the common fans yep. out there. Luckily, in all that uh, play calling for the quarterbacks, um, I'm looking for. <laughs> Is there like certain keywords you're certain looking for? Certain keywords. Okay. Is it a pass? Is it a run? Is it a zone? <laughs> and then, but the numbers dictate if it's going right or left. You know, so I'm I'm focusing. I'm not focusing on all this stuff. You know, as you progress in, you know, like when you first start out and you're young, you are focused on just your job. Mm-hmm. You have really no idea what's going on around you, but you know in your mind, and this is my guy, this is what I need to do, this is my responsibility, the backside, front side, this happens. Like, that's where you're hyper-focused on. Yep. As you progress in your season, now you start to know what the guys around you are doing. Okay. okay? Yep. And then furthermore, as you progress, okay, now you know, oh, here's the running back's going to do this on this play. So now I know I have help, but it's a progression. It's mm-hmm. it's It's such a... It's such a hard concept to learn, and a lot of it you're learning on the fly. Like, if you ask pretty much any uh, college player, and I still have friends, when we were younger, we first, you know, first time starting, first time playing, you're not confident. You have zero confidence. Like, you're just worried about not screwing up. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> that's kind of it. Like, right. You, I know my assignment. I know what I need to do, um, and that's where it is. But then, as you mature, all of a sudden you start looking at like, oh, this is what the li- this is what the quarterback's looking at, you know, um, looking for the Mike backer, and then he's calling this play. What your receivers are doing, and then you know, as you progress, like any job, or you know, as you get more comfortable, you start to expand your knowledge base. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what I, I just I want to ask you this, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll move on to this, but. Uh, so, like the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. there's this thing they've been doing the last couple of years that has riled up people, their, huh. their quarterback sneak, huh. the tush-push. Absolutely. You, you know, and the NFL thought about banning that mm-hmm. last year. And it's back in the conversation now. That's right. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on it? Because the reason, from my understanding, why people are questioning because it's a rugby play mm-hmm. uh, for, from a lot of people. When, you know, if, if you were not, is that something that as offensive linemen you would love to run a play like that, quarterback sneak sort of mm-hmm. thing? And, or what's your general thought on the uh, on the tush play? You know, you know it's interesting. Uh, part of me, the offensive lineman part of me is like, you know what? Stop it. Right. I'm going to run until you stop it. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what the play is. Find a way to stop it. That's your job as a defense. And if we're going to do effectively move the ball that one yard, you know, so that was – in my mind, that's kind of probably where I settle now. But on the same token, too, um, you know, being an offensive lineman, University of Wisconsin, like that was our pride play. Fourth right. and one, fourth and two. We need to get you know the first down or punch it in, mm-hmm. and it just comes down to who wants it more. And that's where you know the ego starts to come into play a little bit, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I could lose my leg right now, and I'm gonna get that one yard like, because I could just envision everybody's <laughs> up at the line. Yep. Tight formation. Yep, boxes like, stacked. Yeah. There's feet everywhere, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it. You need that much yard now. As who wants it more? Who's going to count the ball faster? They don't know the snap count, so the offensive linemen, you're supposed to have that advantage. They know the freaking snap count. Like, come on. Yeah. So now it's just man <laughs> on man. Who wants it more? Mm-hmm. You know. And again, you're playing for the guys around you. Like, you, you don't want to be the guy who gets stuffed in the hole and the running back runs up your back. And and, and, and I mean it. Right. Again. I'm getting chills here listening to you talk about because I'm just like envisioning those those tight formations and it's just it's got to be pure 
power versus power at that point. And who wants it more? Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, it, but you, you, you don't want to let, let your team down. And mm-hmm. literally, like I said, I, w- I could lose my leg and I would crawl that one yard and I would I would still win. Show me I can't do it. Like, that that was the mentality because we need the one bloody yard. That's it. Yeah. You know, and it looks so simple. <laughs> you know? Right. But you got 900 pounds of human being on the other side of you and they're stacked in the box and they know, it's, they know it's coming. Yeah. And we know it's coming, but it, it is that pride thing. Like... Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. We're going to run the ball there. It's going to be on two. Stop it, mm-hmm. and t- if you can, yeah. Because if it comes to a matter of wills, we're going to win. Like mm-hmm. that was comes down to like who wants it more. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it it, it was, uh, and again, you, you build that confidence and that ego over time, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, so but it was, yeah. It, it gives. It, I get excited talking about it because. You know, this is the part mm-hmm. of football that not everybody gets to see. Right. This is the mentality that we had, you know, and it's kind of a, it's a different than, oh, you, oh, you played football. How was that? What years did you play? Mm-hmm. How was the Rose Bowl? Was it exciting? How big was the stadium? Was it really cool? Like, but then when you break it down to the simplest forms, it comes down to one-on-one and who wants it more. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, that's yeah. where I got excited. Man, that's awesome. That's so, and I never even played at that level. Or even I'm right. just like, yeah, I'm like, oh, the way you describe it though, too, it's like uh, it's just you and that guy across from you, or and it's like or a, the four or, guys that are stacked guys, in the yeah. box, and, 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 and the linebacker coming. behind yeah, them, too. absolutely, and they're gonna bring the safety up too, right? And they're gonna try to do a stunt, you know. It's just so, yeah. I mean, I remember looking at my stands, going, holy crap, the whole freaking team is on my side of the ball, and the ball's coming this way, and. I need one yard, and I always thought if I can get, if I can get my heels past that one yard, we got it, mm-hmm. or two yards. But I had to be the driving force. I had to get my body, my heels past the two yards. If the running back runs up through my back, if we can just get those two yards, I mean, and yeah. Again, it seems simple, but you, you just—it's a mindset, and mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to lose, and. You're not going to let people down around you because that's the last thing you want to do. You do not want to let the guys down around you because right. they're all doing their job. They're facing the exact same adversity as you are. Everybody is on the same page, and I didn't want to be the guy to let people down. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. I love that. <laughs> you, you, you play for the guys around you. You play hurt. Uh, I have a friend that was knocked out on the field snoring um and then lost the vision in his oh, eyes for the next play and we didn't want to bring him out so we walked him up to the line and i'm not going to say names right. but uh he couldn't see for that play we told him got up to the line got him got him lined up told him the technique he knew what the play was as he was in his stance he started to, to get his vision back for that play but he was knocked unconscious wow and again but this is that before mindset. this is before concussion protocol right this is before any of uh, the stuff that we have now. And, it, I mean, th- I'm not saying that, that that's – oh, it, it's a weaker part of the game. No. I think it's super important because you have guys walking around my age with brain damage right now because, I mean right. – um, But it was – It was almost kind of like a, a a pride thing, wasn't it? Like the mm-hmm. tough – you know, go out there and be the tough guy and, and, and all that uh, stuff and, too. And this is the expectation and mm-hmm. this is the mentality and um, that, that we're going to have. And, uh, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, so we uh, – did Man. I say we – didn't do stupid things. Yeah, we did. And um, 46 now, body's starting to hurt. <laughs> Threatis is setting in. Uh, you know, memory's going a little bit. But uh, it's just one of those things where you just played for the guys, and mm-hmm. that was the job, and it didn't matter. You just went. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, I don't know how many people people get knocked out and snoring on the field. Oh. Right. Well, that's like I, you know, I, I know it's the the phrase everybody uses when it comes to football. It's the ultimate team game, and that's where like I always kind of like some people like the the national talking heads or whatever. Mm-hmm. They 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 focus on one player quarterbacks a lot of times, right. you know. Where it's like, oh, you know, that guy. But you can't in the same breath say it's the ultimate team game when you're just so like, oh, it's all about that play. It's, 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 you're contradicting yourself. Absolutely. At that point. And look at the offensive line and defensive linemen of the world. Mm-hmm. It's not glorious. The offensive line is the most underrated, under underappreciated. The only time you get a notoriety is when you get a penalty yep. or, 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 you, or, or someone beats you so bad that you look foolish. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, so it's it, or that it's, quarterback gets hurt and it's your fault. Absolutely, you know, yep. you know it's those plays. But uh, uh, it's one of those thankless jobs. But that also you incorporate into your mentality. Also, just mm-hmm. a blue collar. Grab your work. Grab your hard hat. Grab your lunch pail, and we're going to work today. Mm-hmm. You know, and just like so many people do across the U.S., get up. You know, and uh, fight the injuries and go to work, and that was our, just a blue collar mentality right. that Wisconsin had at that time, and uh, yeah, that was just became part of who you were. Yeah, you know. Again, I can talk to you guys that I played with twenty years ago, and you have a reunion or you have a gathering, and it's like you've never missed. It. It's like you were gone for the weekend f- from college. It, it's and you just, just pick back up where you exactly left exactly the yeah. same. So unbelievable! It's just it's a, it's such a fraternity and such it's such and such a brotherhood. It's unbelievable. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. But hey, that's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Again, big thanks for tuning in and checking out this episode. And as always, don't forget to follow, subscribe, give us a five star rating and a positive review so others can find the podcast. Until next time. I'm Dan Casper, and I will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.